Welcome, Traveler, to the Inn at the Edge of Greenwood, a cozy roleplay podcast where adventurers from many realms come to tell their tales. You won't find any dice rolls or TTRPG mechanics here, just good old-fashioned make-believe and storytelling. We hope you enjoy your stay, and if you do, that you let us know with a review. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's grab something hot to drink and listen to a story. Dear friend, my knee has been acting up again. Dr. Bonnie Doc's brace has been helping, but sometimes even that can't keep the pain from swelling up. Two days ago, I had to have sister lead bartending as I just couldn't stand on it any longer. I don't tell you this to gripe. The gods know I have had more than my fair share of blessings, but it is on my mind and, well, it is a burden I wish I could shrug. But no matter, it is story time. And the traveler I have to tell you about today is sure to leave you gasping in wonder and delight. The Inn at the Edge of Greenwood, Chapter 9, To the Stars and Back. In the midst of this tense conversation that your character finds themselves in, uh, they take out the potion and pop the cork and take a large drink of it and begin to feel some sort of tingling throughout their body. And it's subtle at first, almost like the initial numbness of of a shot of whiskey but then it grows and grows and begins to become pins and needles all along their fingers and toes and face until finally they close their eyes, kind of wincing, not in pain, but in discomfort. And then as suddenly as it came, it's gone. And the sounds of the previous environment have shifted and you now hear birds and slight sound of rustling wind through trees and you open your eyes and find yourself standing in the middle of a forest a pine forest with with tall thick lush pine trees and you can even as you shift your feet you can feel the needles crunching underneath your toes and you take stock of your situation real quick and see a couple different things first of all to your left and your right And behind you, the forest goes as far as your eyes can see. But ahead of you, you see the forest extend for a ways, and then you see a tree line break. And you see sunlight. What do you do? Leo is kind of like... And then they're going to take out a bunch of like different papers and notebooks and everything out of their bag. All right, so, and it's like pieces of map, okay, that are all over the place. It's not organized whatsoever, but like notes they've jotted down and like somewhat of terrible map drawing. And they're trying (laughs) to figure out if they maybe know where they've gone, even though it's not going to, it's probably not going to help at all. But they're like just shuffling these papers around, trying to figure out if they can tell where they are. 
you take a look at the papers and kind of piece them together and don't see anything lining up. You don't have a, a, a pine forest marked anywhere on your maps. Uh, and you, you look up through the trees and, and don't recognize any, any markers. It's, it's daylight. There's no stars to navigate by. Um, but in addition to the tree line break, you, you hear a distant kind of echoing sound of a hammer. That, that very distinctive, sharp impact and then echoing ring of someone a ways away from you working on something with a with metal hammer and nails. Hmm. All right, let's see what we've got here. And Leo's going to go towards the sound. Okay, you walk towards the sound, eventually after a, just a couple minutes breaking the tree line. And... What you see once you come out into the open is a kind of large open clearing that's a little bit hilly. You see paths of a sort kind of cut through the grass. They're not completely made, but they're just worn down, right? From from wagon wheels going by and people walking. Um, and as you come up over one tiny hill, you see a variety of people kind of scattered about um, moving goods from one space to another. Uh, you see a couple small pop-up uh, stalls that have been set up. It's almost like a little makeshift marketplace. There's kids running back and forth a little bit. Um, but that sound of the hammer is continuing to cut through everything. And, you know, you know, as you get closer, you, of course, hear the sound of all the people, but that hammer still just rings out. And you look up, and on a hill, there is a tavern or an inn uh, set up on a hill. And you... you kind of take stock and realize that this is like the only permanent building in the area. Everything else is these wagon, you know, stalls that can be moved about and whatnot. But this inn is up on this hill. It's a two-story building, field stone around the bottom, white wooden wall um, going up. And you look and see a stable's attached. And up on top of the stable, there is a person. And you see them banging away with a hammer, probably doing some sort of work on the roof. Hmm. Leo's going to look around um, and walk through the market, kind of just, like, observing. Yeah. As you walk through the market, would you give us a little description of your character? Tell us what everybody else in the marketplace is seeing as you're coming through. Yeah, of course. So, Leo has short black hair. Um, they are wearing blue goggles with, like, silver on the edges on their head. Um, they are in a like a white button-up kind of Victorian style shirt with an apron that has all sorts of colors on it. Um, the most interesting thing about Leo, oh, and a and blue like pants. Um, and the most interesting thing about Leo though is that the uh, left arm is um, looks almost transparent, um, like a galaxy. Um, mm. It's still fully functional, but it is. Um, it looks like a little night sky for uh, their um, arm, their left arm. So uh, that's the most interesting. And sometimes um, when Leo does stuff, the the night sky will spread. But right now it's probably up to their elbow. Okay. As you walk through, you get a couple curious looks from folks. And, and as you look back around... You see that most everybody here is is halflings, um, a few gnomes. There are some humans scattered about. You see a couple half-elves, um, and you actually see a tabaxi or two. Um, but the majority of the, the couple dozen people 
um, are those those halflings and gnomes. As you kind of make your way through and head towards the inn proper, uh, you see getting closer the person up on the roof is uh, what appears to be a human male. Um, he's pretty thin. He's wearing just simple you know, brown pants and, and kind of a, an off-white shirt um, that's rolled up. And um, he's got shaggy brown hair. And even from here, you can see it's drenched with sweat and kind of clinging to the sides of his face and his forehead. And he is just kind of huffing and puffing and working. You see these big piles of wooden shingles that he's moving and re-roofing um, this stable. He doesn't take any notice of you uh, at first, um, but yeah, the the inn door is slightly ajar, and you see you hear a, a couple people inside and and see a, a halfling woman kind of come out, and as she comes down the ramp outside the door, she just oh, hello dear, and continues walking. Hello. He doesn't hear you at first uh, as you kind of tie and, and you find a, you find a way to time your voice in between the hammer strikes uh, and he starts a little bit and uh, almost bobbles the hammer and turns back around and goes, oh, uh, hello. Do you do that all day long? Oh, n- no, <laughs> kind of. Um, no, we've been working on it for uh, most of the day today, but uh, uh Traveling through, I assume. What made you think that? Hmm? I haven't seen you before, and uh, we, we tend to be a bit of a waypoint for travelers, but welcome. Um, I'll be in in a second. I'm, I'm the innkeep here. Would you? Uh, do you need lodging or food or anything? You know, a drink would be lovely, but that hammering, that hammering, and I'm just going to walk right into the, the <laughs> inn. <laughs> He just kind of looks perplexed uh, as you uh, as you walk in. Um, as you enter the inn, uh, you find yourself in a large open space. The door is on the um, the right hand side of the building, um, and so as you come in, you see right ahead of you an L shaped bar with a door behind it that leads to probably a kitchen. Um, there's a coat rack right there to your right. And as you turn to your left and look, uh, there is a large open kind of banquet hall with tables and chairs of various sizes set up. There is a roaring fireplace all the way down to the left. And one of the kind of interesting features is that it's very high ceilings. Um, this main spot, at least, seems to almost be two floors with these big wooden beams um, that cut across but there is a staircase going up to a second level that is probably on the back side of the building. Um, there's a couple of folks in here having, you know, ales and, and a little bit of food. Um, but you don't see anyone else immediately working. Um, do you do anything initially or do you wait for the innkeep? Is there a bar? Uh, there is the bar. Yep. There's uh, so there's uh, the bar right as you first come in. Uh, there's several seats, um, and you see that they're they're sized for what would probably be considered a human. But there's little steps that go up to each one of them, uh, especially with there being so many halflings around. You imagine that uh, that's to to ease their accessibility to to the the full bar height. Um, but yeah, you can take a seat there. Yeah, I'm gonna go sit at the bar. All right. You sit at the bar and kind of twiddle your thumbs for a couple minutes and then you hear the door open and kind of coming in quickly um, with tools kind of wrapped up in a cloth with him uh, is the innkeeper. And he, uh, sorry, one moment. And he ducks back behind the bar and into the kitchen. You hear voices that are muffled and kind of some rustling about as he puts the tools down somewhere and talks to someone. And he comes back out a moment later 
wiping his brow and kind of like drying his hair almost a little bit from how sweaty it had been. You see uh, his hands look freshly cleaned. He's got dirt kind of up on his arms, but his hands look like they've been freshly washed. Uh, he comes over. He's like, okay, so sorry. Um, what can I get you? Uh, something to drink, you said. Yeah, so what's the most interesting thing you have here? Like the most interesting drink? Most interesting drink? Um, well, we have elven bourbon, uh, which some folks have been rather partial to. <gasps> Typical. There's, we have what Old Man Longbottom calls a dwarven ale, but it's been like 300 years since the dwarves left the, the country. I don't know if he actually found a recipe or not. It's pretty good. It might be authentic. I don't know. All right, let's try it. Give it a shot. And he goes back to a small keg that's kind of on the back wall and pours a... Uh, you expected it to be dark um, and, and almost like a stout, but what comes out is a very light, um, almost like a, like a Pilsner um, type of ale, and he puts just a little bit of a head of foam on it um, and serves that over to you in a, in a wooden mug. Lydia's going to take the biggest swig and like messy and just like <laughs> well I mean it was alright I'll have another thank you do you, you down the whole thing in one, oh, yeah. oh, in yeah. one go <laughs> actually actually before I'm gonna down almost all of it and then take out a vial and put a little bit into a vial okay um, and then ask for more okay uh, he kind of watches you curiously with the last few drops, but doesn't say anything. It's, it's your ale to do with what you please. Uh, and he fills a second one up for you, slides it across. And, um, didn't mean to assume earlier. I just you, haven't seen you about before. And like I said, most everybody who comes through is is traveling one way or the other from Innaport to Trawbridge uh, or back the other. Um, do you need a room for the night or are you going to be passing on your way? Well, that's the thing. Um, I mean, probably, but I'm going to try and leave. I'm trying to... I don't know exactly how I got here. Well, I do know how I got here a little bit. But where am I exactly? And you see him, um, as soon as you say the words, I'm not exactly sure how I got here, you, you see almost like a smile come on his face and like a, he starts nodding along with you. Uh, and he says, right, um, another, another one. Um, <laughs> so... Are you familiar with the planes of existence? Everybody's familiar with the planes of existence, right? Oh, good, good. Well, most folks, most folks. Um, you, hmm, where, where do you call home? Where, 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 where maybe did you find yourself most recently other than, than our, our forest? Home is far, far away, I would say. But I was, so I was on this, like, moon, um... I'm not exactly sure which plane of existence, but it wasn't this one, I'm pretty sure. I have, and I'm going to start pulling out all of my papers <laughs> and, like, comparing them kind of to my arm and just, like, I don't think I have this one on my map, though. Um, I'm not much of a cartographer, obviously, but, um, <laughs> and, like, I'm just making a mess. <laughs> uh, as you spread out papers across the bar and start to hold them up and everything, you see uh, uh, the smile on his face grow. And he's like, uh, there have been a couple who have come through who have had similar. Are you a scholar, I assume, of some sorts? Alchemist, actually. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, so here's here's the thing. You're, you're not. You're taking it extremely well, which is fantastic. Some people get a little shocked uh, when they find out. But no, you're, you're more than likely not where you were uh, 
plainly um what you found yourself yesterday our little corner of the kingdom um this is this is the kingdom of alson um our little corner of the kingdom tends to be on a bit of a you could call it a ley line or or i, I don't know exactly but the planes shift a lot sometimes it's a thunderstorm or um even a, even a, a, a large gust of wind that causes things to phase in and out and and increasingly often people find themselves transported here get shifted here um usually for a short amount of time um at least from what i've seen they they come through they spend a day or two um and then the next uh shall we say shake up uh in the air they they find themselves hopefully home maybe somewhere else i don't really know Hmm. Right. Well, let's just say this isn't my exactly my first time going somewhere I didn't exactly mean to go. Um, but that's interesting. And I, Leo's writing everything down, and like it's not even like she just takes the back of one of the other, like the one of the other maps that she just <laughs> that they're just like writing everything down. It, it's just scribbles but yeah <laughs> he's kind of like trying to follow along but and you can see he's very curious he's like trying to get a look at your maps a little bit and um is looking at your arm and the way that you compared them and uh he says i don't mean to pry but this is all quite fascinating and i'm a bit interested in maps and whatnot myself um wh wh where where are you from what what do you that I'm just curious to learn more about you. It's not often that someone as interesting as yourself comes through. Interesting. Well, um, honestly, my home is very far away, and I haven't figured out how to get back to it yet. Um, but I've been all over the place um, trying to get back to it. Um, the last encounter... Um, so... Basically, what happened was I was kind of in a fight with a time wizard. It's a little bit weird. But I believe that there's this thing out there called the Cosmic Elixir. You've heard of it, of course. No, no, I've, I'm afraid I haven't. All right, all right. So, Cosmic Elixir. The Elixir of Life. The most powerful elixir that an alchemist makes. The ultimate alchemist goal. Okay. Basically, it opens a door between the planes. It's like a portal that you can make in a bottle, okay? You can, you can cr control it versus it just happening. Supposedly, yeah. So, I've been on a quest to create the Cosmic Elixir. And unfortunately, I don't think it's worked, but it's brought me to all sorts of interesting places. The last one I drank brought me here. So... Yeah, I don't... Maybe, though, if I try and recreate it... So you... And he, he's looking, like, very wide-eyed and leaning in. So you did something that caused you to come here. It didn't just happen to you. Yeah, a little bit. That's... That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Everybody who comes through doesn't understand why, why or what had happened. They they wake up one morning in a in in sometimes in one of the rooms upstairs, uh, without any sort of rhyme or reason to it. You, you have some control. Well, I mean, the first time it happened, it definitely felt felt that way. Uh, not not in control, I should say. Felt probably similar to a lot of the visitors here, but it's happened quite a few times now. The only problem is I can't control where I'm going. I didn't 
no offense, this seems like a lovely place. Leo's looking around. But I didn't exactly ask you to come here. Though there must be a reason, maybe. maybe Potentially. What, maybe one of the important ingredients for the cosmic elixir is here. Um, well, unless you need standard garden vegetables or pine needles. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a whole lot, um... It's not a whole lot special about this place in in the terms of the arcane. See, well, I believe, but it has, I mean, this is just, you know, I believe that if you have a lot of things of value, not value necessarily monetarily, but if somebody gives you something that is valuable to them, that has power. And I believe if you combine that with the power of the stars and I hold up um, my arm, I've did, done some experimenting here. Um, that that allows you that those are essential components to this elixir. So, I mean, do you have anything of value around here? Um, potentially. Is it rude of me to ask about any points at your arm? It's it's lovely. I just I've never seen anything like it. I uh, know it's not rude to ask. I, I actually appreciate it. Nobody ever asks me, and I've been dying to talk about it. I mean, it's really cool, right? It it it's remarkable. It looks almost see through, but it's not. It's still very functional. I don't recognize any of the patterns. What do you mean? You don't the, recognize they're stars, the, correct? Yeah, you don't recognize this. Oh. Our constellations look nothing like that. That's fascinating. I'm going to have to go. You know, maybe I will get a room for the night because I have to see the stars now. Oh, certainly. And he, he actually kind of turns around real quick and pulls out a big leather book and it hits the, the desk with a with a thud and opens it up and you see a ledger. And then on the inside of the, uh, the big cover are all these keys that are hooked. Um, so it opens with a jangle and he pulls a key out and goes, um, I'll just need a, a name for the room. Leo. Leo, all right, and hands you a key, um, kind of lets you know where upstairs the room would be. And you? Um, but he kind of, oh, uh, you just call me the innkeeper, everybody. Everybody innkeeper. does. It's a bit generic, don't you think? Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it keeps any confusion. <laughs> I'm the only one. Oh, that's so. fair. I guess this is a little place. <laughs> Well, but you were, yeah, please go on. Well, well, like how, how did you manage to, to put the stars onto your, onto your skin like that? So, so I, I mean, obviously there's magic in this plane, right? Yes. And, and he um, kind of gives a little, like, almost like a little, uh, like a proud kind of stand up and he snaps his fingers and the, book you see the book straighten a little bit and your mug fills back up a little bit and just got there's like just little bits of magic that happen all around him okay i was a little bit worried i was you know um i don't want to be burned at the stake or anything so um basically i draw on the power of the stars i've learned a way to draw on the power of the stars to help in my creation of elixirs um, this one was a bit of a, you know, um, an elixir gone wrong, I would say, um, but it's increased my ability to rely on, on cosmic and star power. So this is my connection to the stars, basically. That is fascinating. There was a, 
a gentleman who came through a little while ago who was a, a man of research and science as well. Uh, two of them, actually, but the one I'm thinking of actually dressed somewhat similar to yourself. Um, but his, all of his magics seem to come from mechanisms and from gears and switches and lightning contained in, in devices. It was quite fascinating. That's interesting. So, like, kind of like an alchemist, but with machines. Kind of, yes. Yeah, I don't have time for that. I mean, I mean, that's interesting, but no, no, no. I mean, I want to be able to taste what I make, right? He did. He did spend quite a bit of time working on any one, any one thing for certain. I mean, alchemy, you just throw a bunch of things together and then, you know, down the throat it goes. It's like, it's like cooking, but with higher stakes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He was like pounding the table left. <laughs> <laughs> So what what do you do once you crack the the recipe? I suppose once once you once you perfect it and and have your your what did you call it the cosmic elixir? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go home. What's home like for you? Oh well, from what I remember, home is dark. Home is oh. a bit dingy, a little sad, a little dirty probably, but. I have somebody important back there, so I have to get back there eventually, so... So, family, or...? Yeah, family. Yeah. A a little sibling is what I have back there, and I Uh... can't be gone for too long. And so I need to get back. Uh, My my younger sister helps here with the uh, the inn, and uh, I can relate. If I uh, head to one of the larger towns for even a couple of days, she is... uh, quite put out at having to, to deal with everything by herself. Yeah, you know, it's not... I didn't mean to leave. I was just, you know, playing with elixirs, as always. And, um, yeah, I bet they're really worried. So I need to get back. Well, I'd, I'd love to help. I just, like I said, I don't... I don't know that our, our little rustic corner of the kingdom is going to I mean perhaps if you traveled south to the capital to Excessa or perhaps even in a port one of the trade cities could have would have something but we're <laughs> people like you are what makes us exceptional <laughs> that they come through this place hmm that's interesting people maybe I should add some people to my elixir um, I, I don't know that that's exactly what I was implying, but... No, that's a great idea. I haven't thought of it before. And Leo's well... writing this down. <laughs> and he's like, ah, um, okay, well, you know, consent and, and, you know, ethical science and all of that. Oh, Just absolutely. That in mind. I would never do anything Le- okay. Leo's still writing. He, he is not <laughs> believing you at all right now. <laughs> Oh, but after a moment, he uh, he kind of lets it go and is just kind of poking at some of the the maps that you've you've splayed out. And he's like, "I would, oh my gods, I would absolutely give up <laughs> so much to be able to to travel to all the places it looks like you've been." Where have you been? This is remarkable. Um, Trawbridge a couple of times, uh, Inaport once. I don't. The inn here keeps me 
busy. Um, it's 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 a whole life <laughs> to to run this place. You've never been to a different plane. No, no. I've I've seen obviously people come through from other places, and uh, some of the storms I've seen wondrous things happen to the forest outside. But I've never. No. Hmm. I feel like you're destined to travel one day. There's no, there's got to be a reason why all the all these people come here, right? Maybe. Maybe I'm just destined to be the person to give them a warm bed uh, on their way, which is all right. But I'd like I'd I'd like that very much. I'd like to to see other things other than just the the green wood. When I create the cosmic elixir, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm close. I'll come back here and I'll I'll specifically ask for the innkeeper and I'm sure, you know, the potion will know exactly what I'm talking about and I'll come back here and we'll travel one day. It'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, so as long as we're not putting people in the potions, I'm, I, I would like that very much. <laughs> Leo says nothing. <laughs> Just silence. I love it. Looking back at their notes. <laughs> He kind of pokes at some of the more maps and he goes, anything stand out from all these travels? Anything particularly wondrous that you've seen? You know, similar to you, I would say that meeting people is probably the most interesting of all my travels. Um, hmm. You realize that I think when you're in one place or one plane for so long, your whole life, you, you the, your perspective is so small, right? When you've traveled all over the place and seen so many different things and met so many different people, you realize the things that you worry about, I guess it just puts a lot of things into perspective, right? Like what things are important and what things aren't. And I would say meeting people has been the most interesting thing. So like I told you, um, I collect things of value and it, not monetary value, but things of value to people, what people believe mm. is valuable to them. and. The most interesting part is seeing what people value across all sorts of planes, across the universe, mm. everywhere, what people believe is valuable. And it's different, but it's also all the same at the same time. If that makes any sense. It does. I wonder what's the, what's the connecting thread that you found? One time I was at this little, like this little town and I was doing trades. Okay. So it was a, I, people would bring me things of value and I would give them all sorts of interesting things. I would basically trade valuable goods in order to find things of actual value, things that I'm looking for. Because sometimes when you ask people for things of value, they give you like, you know, money. And I don't care about money. Coin, yeah, yes, yeah. Unless yes. it's like, it means something. Oh, by the way, do you accept, and I'm pulling out coins from like <laughs> everywhere. Like, which one of yeah. these do you accept? Um, gold is gold to me, um, to be honest. And he kind of points at some of the, what are probably lesser valued pieces, coppers and silvers. Um, but ones with various designs and different, different markings. He goes, honestly, I would be willing to take less for the sake of the novelty of <laughs> coin from multiple realms. So Leo's going to grab like the ones that look like gold and like bite them. Like, yeah. okay, that one's gold. 
Here you go, and throw in some like ones that they think are cool, and so it's just kind of like this weird little pile of coins, and Leo has no idea what the value is. Leo does not care. And the innkeeper doesn't seem to care. He is just kind of very excitedly shifting through them and going, "Oh my goodness, that's a that's such intricacy in that one, and this one, wow, that the sparkles in a way that I've never seen coins sparkle before. This is." Honestly, I don't know that I'll ever use these. I just want to have them in a bag and look at them. They're amazing. Okay. I mean, as long as, you know, you don't kick me out later. No, um, no, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. More than enough payment. Perfect. So so sometimes, you know, people bring silly things. But I'll, you know, I always will trade. I'm, I'm quite a bit of a trader. So I guess if you have anything mm. of value, I always have something to trade. But... I'll, I'll think about it. But in this town... I was talking to it was this this mum and a little a little boy and he brought me an orange sickle ice cream. Have you ever heard of an orange sickle ice cream? Um what what is ice cream? Oh my god. Um okay, so so I didn't know about this either, but it's like frozen cream. Interesting. But sugary, like so, sweet. Like like ice with sugar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a little bit of like milk. Okay. And they mix it all together and they put some orange in it. Hmm. And it likes, and the way it was made, I mean, it was magical, obviously magical. And it like was in a shape. It was in a shape like a door. And it actually stood on a stick, just on the stick like that. And fascinating. It was, and this this little boy, his mum bought him this this little this little, like, ice cream thing, and he instead gave it to me as his thing of value, and that's I mean I ate it and I didn't put it in the elixir, but <laughs> that's what I mean by things of value. That's meant well, a lot to him. A child giving up their their treat. There's not much in the world that's more valuable than that. That's what I'm saying. I should have... Oh, no. Was that the key? That was the key. It was the ice cream. The ice cream was uh, was the missing ingredient to the secrets of the universe. Potentially. Potentially. It was so good, though. And it was a hot day. I couldn't say no. I, I don't... Uh, I don't know that I would have done any different had I been in your shoes. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Well... I'm gonna, Leo's gonna write down, find more ice cream. <laughs> you actually see, I, I've never seen it before. Perhaps it's something that the, the larger cities have, but, and you actually see him take out a scrap of paper and he is jotting down the recipe as best as you can recount it um, and how to make it. And he's like, I'm gonna have to give this a try. Perhaps, perhaps in the winter it'd be a little easier, but um, I'll have to give this a try. I'll bring back some ice cream next time. I, I would be absolutely delighted to try some. After putting it in my elixir. Right, <laughs> right, because secrets of the universe first and then treats afterwards. Exactly, right. which I guess I, I I, did give in to weakness at that moment. Eh, who of us hasn't? Maybe it's, no, no, it's not still in my blood. Okay, we're going to throw that idea away. Oh, um, oh. Again, with the putting of people in the potions, something to at least have a conversation about. 
yeah, that's fair. Um, so things like that tend to be the things that seem valuable to me or the things mm. that people actually, I like different stones, different crystals people give me. Those tend to be, um, people tend to carry those around. I mean, throughout all the realms, people carry around mm -hmm. stones and crystals, you know, to like, just in their pockets because they're pretty or, or it makes them feel better. And sometimes they like have magical properties, but most of the time it's just, you know, things, it's the simple things. It's the things that never once has somebody given me something so elaborate that it made me feel something, you know, mm. something that to just get something from it is, doesn't mean that it's actually valuable, you know, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen. Well, value very often is is what we assign to it and, and what it means to us. And honestly, it's one of the... <laughs> Gold is how the, the kingdom runs, but I, I wish there was another way. I wish there was a way for people to show the way they cared and, and help each other in a way that didn't involve something that arguably isn't actually helping anybody. Exactly. Who cares about money? And... Um... I'm gonna like throw a coin, but then I like look at all the coins I have on the, and I'm gonna like put them back. I I care little. I need them usually. Um, yeah, yeah, same. Um, it's like I I don't. I wish it wasn't, but I I can't give everything out for free either. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I've been without coin before, and that is no fun. Um, it's not no. <laughs> but you know, trades always work. Trades are a good way to. You know, learn. It's a good way to learn about people. It's a good way to learn. It is also a good way to get some coin. Usually, I've always got something interesting. It's true. It's true. The afternoon goes by, and the innkeeper coming comes and goes. Um, has other little conversations with you, um, but eventually, you probably make your way to your room and settle in for the night, wash up or whatnot. But then you do hear, um, just after dark, uh, a rap on your door. Hello? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Leo, it's, uh, it's the innkeeper. I'm gonna open the door, just, like, crack it open. We usually knock on people's doors this late at night. Not usually, but you had mentioned wanting to see the stars. <gasps> I forgot, and I'm gonna like, like open the door super wide. I'm not even gonna shut the door, and I'm just head, <laughs> I'm heading outside. And he kind of like tries to catch up after you, uh, but you burst outside and look up into a very very clear night. And while having been all the different places that you've been and seen all the things and carried with you the constellations on your own skin, there is pro probably objectively nothing terribly remarkable about this sky. It's, it's pretty, but nothing out of the ordinary from many other worlds. There is a sense of wonder still that comes over you because as you look up, it's no constellation that you recognize. It's no pattern that you're familiar with. And a couple moments later, you feel a presence behind you as the innkeeper comes out and um, he's actually holding a couple drinks and hands one to you. Um, cheers with you real quick and looks up himself and just, it's not much, but it's, it's Alson. 
it's amazing. And so Leo is actually going to pull a bottle out of their bag. They have two bottles in their bag. They While they were in their room, they've been working on another elixir because they're trying to get somewhere else. They're yeah. trying to get home. So um, they're going to pull out two bottles full of some sort of liquids um, and pour the drink that you gave them into a little bit into each bottle. And then they're going to look up at the sky and um, cast Wild Shape. Okay. Um, because with the Circle of Stars Druid, they can turn into constellations oh, instead wow. of animals with Wild Shape. So they're going to turn into one of the bigger constellations that they can see. Um, and it starts, like, they basically put their arm towards the sky and you see the, the like, galaxy, the, the night sky start to glow and move up the body. And they turn into um, a constellation. Um, and that they basically, as a constellation, it's like their form is like, like wispy and shadowy, yeah. and they they're still the outline of a human, but the parts you can see, the the lights, you can see are the stars of the constellation. Yeah. And they're gonna put their hand over the elixir, and basically you'll see like almost like it looks like liquid power, a drop of liquid power into each of these elixirs. And they look at you, and you can tell that they're like smiling, almost a little crazed. Like this is so exciting, <laughs> um, even though they're this, like starting. Um, and then they will revert back to themselves. And you see that the the night sky part of their arm has grown, and they have a they have a little part that looks like a section of the sky that they see here yeah. on their on their arm now. The innkeeper has taken a step back in amazement as you've transformed into this constellation in front of him. And as you revert back to your more familiar form, uh, he is just kind of slack-jawed standing there. I, I've seen a thing or two running this in, and I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite as remarkable as that. No, out of all the people that have come here. Uh, none of them have turned into stars before my eyes. Yes. No. I'm the coolest one then. Uh, you could make a strong case for it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Um, and Leo's going to just down the rest <laughs> of the drink. The this drink or good. the potion? The drink. The drink. Okay. Not the potion okay. yet. Uh, he kind of shakily raises his glass to his lips and... And drinks with you. Um, I don't know if you need another ingredient, but I, I had been giving thought to what you had said about things that mean something. Yes, yes, this of course. This feels incredibly presumptuous to think that this would be helpful in any way. Um, but, and he kind of reaches into a, a back pocket and pulls out a little piece of paper. It's really small. It's like folded over several times um, down to maybe, you know, an inch by two inches. And he just says, um, I don't have much in the way of items that are important to me because everything here is important to me. The, the building, the, the, the memories, the space, Everything here is important to me, but um, he kind of unfolds the paper a few different times and he goes, be that being said, um, he pulls out a little sliver of wood. He's like, this is, <laughs> this is so silly. Uh, 
this is a little piece of one of the beams from from the inn. And if there was something that was representative of what is important to me, it is a piece of this place. It's what this place does for those who come through it and, and for me. It's given me purpose. And I don't know that I have anything in my life that means more than than this inn. Leo's going to grab it very gently and... All right, let's go back inside. And they put it in there. Okay. The bag. Turns around, heads back in. Leo's going to go to the bar and dump the entire... The, the entire, like all the contents of their bag okay. onto the bar. And there's all sorts of weird trinkets, like uh, lots of dice. Leo okay. loves dice, loves to play with dice, loves, I mean, loves gambling a little bit. I'm uh, not going to lie. Um, but like all sorts of really interesting dice um, and papers and all sorts of things. And they say, all right, what do you, what, what are we trading for? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't. <laughs> um, he kind of looks about and um, could I? Could you make a copy of one of one of your maps? <gasps> one of the places you've been. Really? That's what you want. It's a it's a story to be told. It's it's exciting. Okay. Um, and Leo's gonna push all the contents back into a bag. Uh -huh. um, this bag is probably so... It's such a mess. Um, <laughs> and they're looking through the pieces of paper to find, like, a clean one. Uh -huh. uh, you know, not drawn on one. And then they find one and they start drawing. There. Um, and while they're doing it, they're gonna start talking. And, um, you know, the last person I met, um, like I said, he was a time wizard. And apparently he's really mad at me because... Mm. Traveling around with this much isn't good, apparently. Um, and Leo is just literally just, like, going on. Just, just, <laughs> just like, saying all sorts of random things yeah. as they draw this map. And he kind of watches with wide eyes and takes it in and um, encourages you to continue the story and whatnot as you go. But as you finish the map, um, he kind of comes around and looks at it and goes, this is going to be something to ponder over for sure they finish the map and they give it to you and um here you go thank you i'm going to this and the coins i'm gonna have quite the quite the little collection from other other planes starting yeah did you have anything else oh goodness um Little little trinkets and doodads. Some of the other travelers who have come through, I've kept some of their coins as well. He actually points down to his knee, which has a, a brace on it, um, and says this, I mean, this isn't from another place, but this was designed by the the same person that I was telling you before that makes ma machinations and whatnot. So yeah, there's, he actually looks over and points to the fireplace and you see on the side of the fireplace, there's a painting. Can't quite make out what it is, but there's, you could see blue ink um, kind of going. It's like, and that was drawn by one of our visitors and kind of starts to look around and go, there's actually quite a lot more <laughs> little touches from all sorts of places here than maybe I first gave credit for. Yeah. You know, I think this place is more important than you, than, than you definitely think. 
I mean, there's more... The planes come together more here than anywhere else I've ever seen. That's personally. Uh, it's an interesting and potentially terrifying thought. Nah, you'll be fine. However, um, so there's a tattoo on your knee. Oh, it's a, it, it it's a brace. It's a brace. Oh, a brace. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a, it's like a, like a, like little wooden and metal slats along the side. Um, what happened to you? Oh, um, accident when I was very young. Um, that just it gives me problems every once in a while. And Doctor Bonnie Doc, um, who was the gentleman I, I mentioned, was very kind enough to help me make something that you know, gives me a little support. Hmm, that's nice. At least you meet nice travelers, usually. Hmm? Usually, every once in a while, they're a little grumpy that they found themselves here and not in their homes. But um, it's always nice to, to meet people who are excited to see something new. Yeah, because it's boring if otherwise. That's silly to, to not be excited. <laughs> I would agree. Leo stands up. Um, can I have another drink? Certainly. Can you mix two of them? Uh, which two? I don't care. Oh. Okay. Um, they're gonna they're gonna close their eyes, like put the hand over their eyes. That one and that one. Oh, that's a choice. And he <laughs> pours half and half. You don't see what they are, um, and you hear him kind of mix it a little bit, and then slide a mug over to you. You know, in in um in some places they call this a suicide, and they they down the entire thing. Ah. Um, that was really disgusting. Anyways, yes. um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's not. So next that, that was a white wine and a porter. That's no, no. You know, I've had worse, but I've definitely had better. Uh. So um, I'm going to go off to bed. Okay. Um, thank you. Certainly. It was nice to meet you. See you tomorrow. Leo winks. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes sometimes That's they fair. do. Sometimes the room's empty. And Leo's gonna go up to their bedroom. Um and basically the next morning mm -hmm. you don't find Leo, but you do see that they left on the on the bar the other elixir that they had made because they had made two. And they there's a little note that says, Whenever you wanna travel. And the innkeeper finding this the next morning holds it with, if you could be there to see it, uh, a reverence, even with shaky hands, realizing what it is that he has in his possession. And you just hear anyone nearby would just hear a small voice just say, oh, thank you. First and foremost, I must make it clear that Leo's plan to put people into their potions is not something I condone. <laughs> that being said, I can't help but be insatiably curious about the bottle they left me. Where might it take me? And am I ready for that journey? Maybe not quite yet. But I wish them well in their travels. I've never seen someone with the stars on their skin in such a way. It is, it is a sight I will always remember. I will write to you again soon. I'm sure another interesting traveler will be through with another story before long. Till then. <laughs>